has done its part. Let him reign in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let him reign in my life and my heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Hello, radio listeners. Thanks for joining us today. Shay and I are out here in the beautiful Agape Dome in South Texas in the Hill Country, kind of enjoying some of this uh, springtime weather, which is some of the only days that are kind of cool in between our spring and our soon-to-be hot summers of Texas. So uh, we're, we're enjoying it, right, Shay? I'm enjoying it right now. I'm not looking forward to the heat. Well, the heat will be coming soon enough, but uh, we'll enjoy it as well through air conditioning and some swimming occasionally. Today, we wanted to talk about a kind of an interesting topic. It's a topic regarding healing and how sometimes we have a difficult time as people looking back into our past to find healing. Yeah, I think it's a hard thing to look back to your past because it brings up hurt. If there's hurt in your past, certainly we like to look back on the good things. Families get together and what do they talk about? They talk about some things that were funny, but a lot of them are hurts and they laugh at it because it's the past. But they never really seem to look at what the hurt was possibly behind it. There's some great things to look back to, but I think the hard thing is is to look back on the hurt. Absolutely. It's almost as if when we hurt once through something, we really don't want to go back through it again. So we hurt through it, we box it up, we tape it down, we lock it away, and we hope to never go see it again. But we have found through working in our healing ministry, Shadow of His Wings, and in our own lives together, we've seen that sometimes God asks us to go back through the healing and open up those old boxes of wounds and start pulling things out and looking at them again, even though it might hurt us the second time around. So let's talk a little bit about that hurt the second time around. I think sometimes um, it's very difficult to want to look, and so we look to other things to try to provide quick fixes. Some of those, I'll just throw some out, Shay, and let's talk about them. I think some of them are what I consider uh, deliverance ministries. Not that I believe that deliverance isn't a great thing, but I think sometimes deliverance comes in conjunction with talking and looking at your wounds. Sometimes we look to medications for a quick healing. Sometimes we look to certain people to heal. If I can just marry that right person or if I can have a child and I'll get quick healing. All of those things all work in conjunction to help along the way, but they don't generally provide healing. I have a question about when you said about the deliverance ministries. I guess I'm wanting you to kind of expound on that and what you mean because that might not be understood Great. I think what I'm really talking about with deliverance ministries are these sometimes hopeful places where people go and they get a quick deliverance. Someone prays over them and they go through a series of prayers and they go through a series of casting outs of of different demons or, or, or hurts. 
And then what you end up having is a person who seems like they have some freedom for a moment, but yet they haven't really dealt with the hurt and the wounds surrounding all of that. And so then they wonder, why is my life still back in the same place again? I know a lot of times we've worked with people in our ministry who come in and said, I went through this healing ministry, I went through this deliverance ministry, I went through that deliverance, and I'm still suffering from the same thing. And I think it causes a loss of hope. But I think if, uh, in order to have true deliverance, you have to do a, the, the both of them at the same time. There's great power in prayer. We know that. There's great power in healing prayer and in deliverance. But along with that, Sometimes God calls us to look back through the past and start looking at our hurts and actually walking through the hurt rather than just trying to cast something out, hoping it will go away. Well, I think it's good that you say that because I think that what it is, is you may go through prayer, you may go through deliverance prayer, you may go through healing prayer, but if you don't deal with those hurts from your past, inevitably you go back to those same patterns of the way you've dealt with those hurts in the past. Like for instance, some people may get into drinking or drugs, and so they use those patterns to help heal those pains. And certainly, you know, healing prayer comes in and it will help heal that, but it doesn't change maybe your patterns when those memories come back up or you're reminded through your daily living or your challenge through your daily living of having to deal with those hurts again. And so if you don't change the patterns of the way you dealt with them or the way you have dealt with them in the past, then you'll continue that cycle. And I think in the Bible it says that, you know, you clean out the house. But if you bring in, if you continue in that, you'll bring in even worse. And so you get deeper and deeper in your hurt. That's right. And that's a great verse to bring up because I think that's what I'm really trying to say here as we kind of walk through this. You know, it's like an example. I worked with an individual one time and he used sex to comfort himself. Uh, he used porn and masturbation, fantasy, sex with prostitutes to comfort himself. He did go to a deliverance ministry. They did cast out demonic influence. We all believe that can happen. It's a great thing. God is a God is a God who wants to set the captives free. But because he had not found new ways of coping, when the hurts came again, when life hit him, he went back to the old ways, and it was harder the next time to try to get freedom because he, he never really dealt with the original pain that caused him to turn to these things in the first place. And so if you don't do that at the same time, or at least I believe personally, if you don't deal with the pain first, then begin the deliverance process. Sometimes you don't even need the deliverance because once you deal with the pain, Jesus and his love helps you free yourself from the demonic influences that have been a part of your life. So it just depends on which comes first. But truly, if you can heal and find a new way of coping with old pain, then the struggle with deliverance doesn't always have to be there. Right. And I know that we started out in talking about, you know, why we don't want to look at our past. So, we, you know, we're, we're definitely not saying that it's not good to go and look for healing prayer, to have others pray with you and pray for you, because we're all for that. We're just simply saying that that's just not the exclamation point at the end of your dealing with your past. Sure. And absolutely. I, I also agree that deliverance is even different in my mind than healing prayer. Sometimes healing prayer is just asking the Lord to show us in the first place the hurts that we have. Sometimes we don't even remember all the hurts. And so absolutely, prayer, we, we hold that as the top tool in the in the box of helping get free is prayer and seeking the Lord. And we're just saying, or at least I'm saying that I don't, I want to caution people who even may be giving up hope 
because they've gone to deliverance or they've gone to medications or they've gone to the quick fixes to say, I just want to hurry up and get rid of this. But yet now I don't understand why I haven't been able to get rid of it. And it may very well be that it's because through more prayer and just through healing, you may find the answers you're looking for. You mentioned we may not even remember the hurts. I don't know that it's that we don't remember it. I think it's that as time passes, we block it off. We build walls around those hurts, and we vow that we're never going to hurt like that again, or we're never going to let anybody hurt us again. And so we block that off. But I believe that our heart still remembers. Our heart still lives in that place of hurt, and that's why we start going in directions or patterns where we look in ways to soothe that hurt. Sure. Well, and the hurt is, is you're right. I mean, I guess, I think it's interesting, I think maybe even for listeners to really grasp it. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between your heart remembering it and yet your head doesn't remember it. For instance, you know, you just said your heart may remember it, but I know that sometimes people come in and they really don't remember. You know, cognitively, they're sitting there saying, I don't, I don't think anything happened to me. And I think it's important for us to kind of flesh that out a little bit, help people understand that it is truly that the heart remembers it. And so the heart acts out things. It's like you find yourself in situations or in relationships that you don't know how you got there. That's the heart remembering, but your head may not have remembered. I just wanted to really kind of clarify that because I think if some people would go, well, then are you sure that's not somebody, you know, trying to put memories in my mind or causing me to remember something that isn't really there? Your heart remembering is truly the reason why you continue to make some not so great choices in your life. It's just that you may not physically or, or, or cognitively remember everything that happened to you until it starts to unfold and you bring those walls down. Well, and don't you think that part of part of remembering and going through that and walking through it is is really talking about your past and you know like what is the one thing that hurts you the most? And you pick that out and then you talk about it or write about it and find out what your feelings are. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I think it's a, it's a wonderful process. Once you start asking even about that hurt, the great thing is, is perhaps God might open a door that shows you an even deeper hurt, which then shows you an even deeper hurt, which then shows you what really happened. You know, it's like people who don't remember that they've had either some sort of sexual abuse or some sort of trauma in their lives. They don't remember it initially, but as they begin to open the doors of their past, they start to see that there really was something there that, that I blocked away because I didn't want to see it. So when we look at why we don't like to look at our past or talk about our past, do you have any ideas or what do you think is the number one or number two reason that folks don't want to do that? Well, I think, as we've already said, the number one reason is, is it hurts. You know, it hurts to go back and look at hurtful things. And I do think the mind has an amazing ability to close things off and to lock things down and to keep people, keep us, I mean, from remembering things. You know, a kid doesn't really know how to manage emotion. A child is just learning 
how to handle his or her emotions. And so something traumatic happens, they go on their business. They may show some signs of sadness. They may show some signs of hyperactivity. They may show some anger, but they really don't know how to handle it. And so all they know is how do I compartmentalize this so that I can still go to school and play with my friends and all this kind of stuff. So sure, I think the mind learns how to compartmentalize things and put it away. But I think hurt is what keeps us from wanting to go back there and look at it. Well, and I think that when we're talking about looking back at hurt, I mean, I want people to understand that we're not just talking about as a child. You know, there's sometimes that we make decisions and choices as adults. Any time we can make choices that we can be ashamed of and that can change our lives and can change the way people view us. And so I think that sometimes we don't like to look at our past or choices that we've made because of shame. Shame likes to keep us wrapped up and bound up and still prisoner. And as long as we let shame just control our emotions and our heart, then if we stay at a place where shame keeps us bound up and locked up and keeps us as a prisoner, then it's harder for us to move forward. It's harder for us to, you know, not look to the left or not look to the right. Because we tend to keep looking back there and saying, oh, but I'm this kind of person or I'm that kind of person. Or I don't want these people to know about what I did in my past or what happened to me in my past because they may look at me different. Absolutely. And, and isn't that interesting? I mean, we've, you, you ask what were the top two and I think we talked about just the hurt of the, of what happened. You've also just got through talking about the shame of what happened, and I think there's a third one that gets thrown in there on top of both of those, which is the fear of what do I do if people find out or if this, if I actually have to look at it. I think all those things wrapped together, I think when you look at shame, shame especially likes to keep things hidden. And I think you'll come up or your person might come up with some, some coping mechanisms to deal with shame. They might become more prideful. Or they might hide themselves from people. And then they make these same decisions over and over because they believe that's who they are. You know, shame says, well, I'm bad and therefore I'm always going to be bad. And so therefore I'll make bad decisions always. And it's very hard as you begin to unlock those doors of shame to actually see what you've done or what you experienced or what life's been to you. And you start to see that, and you want to run from it at first. You know, you don't want to look at it. You want to hide. But then God slowly starts to reveal it and show his love to you in spite of it. And then you start to find some great healing there. I think maybe we should start talking a little bit about some ways that people can deal with their pain. Because certainly, I mean, we've talked a lot about what makes somebody not want to look at their pain. But what what do you have to offer, do you think, Shay, to someone who begins looking at their pain? What are some things that can help them along that path? I think certainly to begin knowing who they are in Christ. I think some others might be that as they begin to really look for a person that they can talk with, it doesn't have to be a specifically known, someone known as a counselor, but someone that they trust to begin looking, I think the person does need a gift of counsel who can help them. Prayer, I think it's okay to, and this is a hard one, you know, it's a hard one for sure, but I think it's important for people to start allowing others to speak into your life. And I think one of the hardest things is to go to people and say, what do you see in my life? And let them honestly tell you. 
Because sometimes we can't see when there's sewer in the basement, so to speak. You know, the first floor and the second floor, things may look great, but there's this smell coming up from the basement. And we can hide it. We can hang air fresheners all around it. But sometimes it takes somebody else to sit down with you and say, this looks like something you do in your life. You seem to, to treat relationships this way. You seem to treat your kids this way. Or you seem to do this. And allow yourself to at least begin to hear what others might offer you. That's godly counsel, perhaps, and wisdom. Because then you can start looking at it and say, okay, do I really do this? And Lord, can you show me, is this something that I do in my life? Especially if you see a pattern in your life. If you see a pattern of relationship or you see that you have tend to have the same conversations with people, you know, it's like, is there something there that you really need me to look at? And allow that door to start to crack open a little bit. You know, the other day I was talking with an individual and she was telling me that her boyfriend had gotten into rehab and he had an alcohol, he has an alcohol problem. And she was just really saddened because she said, you know, a lot of his friends are making bets on how long he'll last. And she was pretty disheartened by that. And, you know, I was talking to her about how sometimes we have to make changes even with the folks that we hang around with. I'm not saying that you have to refuse to talk to them. I know that people talk about boundaries and those kinds of things. But for a season, whoever is in this situation may need to look at going and changing the people that they're listening to and the voices that they're listening to because they need to receive truth and words of encouragement and words of uplifting to uplift the spirit and to encourage and there would probably be a time to go back to those folks to encourage them in return. I'm not saying you abandon those people, because certainly if they're friends, you know, they may not be the friends that, that you need at the time, but you can be a friend to them after you've received your healing. Absolutely, and I think, I think there's real wisdom in being able to say, at least for a season, I need to be around, the, around people who really lift me up and help me to heal. You know, I always have wondered why some people get immediate deliverance and healing and why others it takes us a little longer. I just think it just depends on the hurts in our life. But I do think once a person starts going through healing, you know, if you if it's any problem, whether it's alcohol or drugs or, you know, whatever the problem is that you're talking about. You know, if you if you do go back and hang around with the people who have been involved with you in your own brokenness then you very well might accidentally get dragged right back into the broken places again because that's all they're showing you is those coping skills for that particular problem. And if you can find freedom with people who don't have that issue or can really help you, can lift you up, then you find a whole new set of people who can teach you new things. And sure, once you've been taught, you can go back and help those friends. You can also assess, were they friends in the first place, or were they just associations that I had to get drugs, or to get sex, or to get alcohol, whatever it was. Sometimes in our shame, we hang out with people who make us feel less like we should be somewhere better. Sometimes in our shame, we hang out with people who struggle in, in, in either similar or worse ways than we do, so we don't feel so bad about what we do. 
doesn't mean you aren't at some point maybe called to go back and be a healer to those people. But at this point, as you're getting your own healing, it God may call you away from them for a while into a place where people can actually speak healing into your life. Well, what is it to be a friend? I think friendship is really not about what you can get from somebody, but it's about what you give to somebody. And so after your healing, you may be at a place where you can go and be a friend to this person. Once you know the truth about who you are in Christ, sometimes it's hard to say, I don't know who I am in Christ because I see what I am. I read in the word. I read in his word who I am. But for your heart to really know who you are in Christ is a much different thing. And I think the bottom line is once you can get to that place of knowing who you are in Christ, then your whole world will be different. Well, I think that's a great way to put it. And I think that's really the crux of what we're talking about here, is if you can overcome the hurt and the fear and the shame of looking at your past, that is the ultimate goal, is finding out who you are in Christ. You know, that's the one thing I think Satan loves to keep us bound up in, and that is who he says we are. You know, our brokenness can sometimes tell us that we are failures, that we are incapable, that we are this way. Whatever our brokenness is, we are an alcoholic, we are a drug addict, we are a sex addict, we are whatever those things are. We are less than because we've been abused or we've been broken along the way. We are less than. We will never be better. Well, and it can even be... I am stupid. I am an idiot. I can't do anything right. I don't want to try because I know that I won't be able to do it. Absolutely. All those things that Satan loves to speak into our lives as we look around our lives and see, wow, but I just did do something stupid or I did just do something crazy or I did just drink myself into oblivion. But the bottom line here is what Jesus says that he doesn't look at us and on the, on the basis of our actions, he looks at us for who we really are. So even if you do something that says I'm an alcoholic or I did just do something crazy or dumb or I did just put myself in a situation where I got abused or, or was sexually uh, active with, with someone who's not, not my wife or my husband, any of those broken places, Satan can say that's your actions are who you are. But God says, no, you're who I who you are based upon who I say you are. And true healing is beginning to say to yourself, I am a son of God, or I am a daughter of the king. I am not my actions. My actions are results of my brokenness. Once I realize who I really am, once I really grab a hold of that prince or princess status that God holds me in, then even if I do make a mistake along the way, even if I do fall into something I shouldn't be in, it won't cause me to fall back so far. It'll tell me, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so you messed up. You're still a son of the king. Get back up. Get back up, daughter of the king, and keep walking forward, and I will set you free. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. 